0: So yeah, so I wanted to talk to you about the movie because I listened to on um, Bandwagon Nerds. And I was surprised. I was surprised that you were as okay with this as you were. Um I hated the fucking movie. <laughs> I thought fine. it was terrible. Um and and well, it's funny, too, because, you know, when you're like, eh, not good, not bad. And then your son was like, I didn't like it. I didn't hate it. I'm like, you're teaching your son to be like you. This is terrible. Like, you have to pick an opinion.
1: He, and you're he, he, yeah. he ex- No, he said it he experienced it.
0: Whatever he did. Yes. You can,
1: you, you can feel mediocre about a movie, dude. Like, that's okay.
0: Yeah, I know. But then I guess to and me, he, like, then you didn't like it. If you liked it, you liked it. If it's not a yes, it's a no. Like, get rid of maybe.
1: No, I, we don't live in a black and white world, Greg.
0: As much as you'd like
1: us to, but your opinion not can out. be
0: black and white. So here's my thing um, with the movie, and and it's it's just this movie. It was like four movies in one, and and I just could not stand. Like, was it an origin story? Was it a nostalgia movie? Was it a time travel movie? The hell was it? Like, it's just. And that was my biggest problem with the movie was I didn't know what this was. I mean, I know what the Flash is, but like I didn't know what they were actually trying to be. And I don't think they did. You know, we talk about that with wrestling companies, right? If you don't have an identity, it shows. This movie to me didn't have an identity.
1: Well, yes, and the movie itself had so many problems with production. Because this movie was supposed to, this movie was supposed to go out like four years ago, five years ago, and Ezra Miller's behavior notwithstanding, there were all these like production halts and delays and starts and stops and is it going to get made? Is it not going to get made? And yeah, it, it's just twelve things. I viscerally, because when I I view these movies in like a spectrum, which is probably part of what annoys you with the I didn't love it I didn't hate it but in the realm of of the DC film outputs everybody knows how I feel about Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League, Batman versus Superman, we talk about it all the time. I think those movies are the epitome of shit movies. This movie was I I felt like I I wasn't I, I was entertained enough by it. Like I can't sit there and say I sat in this movie and was like mad at it. Uh I can't sit there and sit in this movie and be like, this is the word you know, this is a piece of trash, this is horrible. I'm not as attached to the Flashpoint storyline as Dave is, which is really what his big beef is, is because as Dave calls it, he calls it a bait and switch, because the Barry Barry saving his mother is the linchpin for completely fucking up his future. And, you know, they and we talk about it on the show like it completely alters history and all these unintended consequences ways that results in like the Atl- Atlanteans going to war with Wonder Woman in the Themysc- Themyscira like just all this stuff. And they did none of that stuff <laughs> whether it's because they didn't want to or
0: because Thankfully. they
1: Thankfully It
0: was two and a half hours without that stuff.
1: Well, but if you get rid of the Zod shit, well, and here's the other thing is there were other elements of the Flashpoint story because like Superman in Flashpoint is, is kept in a bunker by the Russians completely devoid of sunlight. And, and so that is a, that, that is a nod to the source material, but the, the, just the the story that they created because they were trying to keep it within the Snyderverse, which then didn't even make any sense. And this is the other thing, is people got their hopes up. I just had no bar for this movie, Greg. Like, I had no high bar right. for this. My expectations for a DC film are so low. And when the, this is the damage that the Snyder Cut has done. Because the Snyder Cut gets released, they have this coda, like this 30-minute coda of Superman being crazy and evil, which was again a flashpoint thing. And so then they're like, oh, we're gonna release this Flash movie. You've seen Ezra Miller. He's still in the movie. And you don't get any of that. So that's you know, that's where Davis got pissed off. I just I think I think too many people still thought it was going to be some sort of introduction into James Gunn's DCU. I didn't expect that.
0: Well, I didn't. I, I mean, I knew enough to know that that I, starts with what Blue Beetle, supposedly.
1: Yeah, that's what James Gunn says. He says Blue Beetle is the first DCU character. So Blue Beetle is the beginning. Little O'Dowd wants to see that movie. He's, he he thumbs up it at the in the trailer. So good on him. Well, which means I'll go because I'll go. I may actually I was, what do I'm you not want about, to. I mean, I'm not connected to the character. It's a right. it's a character that I'm not... like. And part of this is, again, I'm not a DC guy. I'm a Marvel yeah. guy. I've never read Blue Beetle comics. Like, I have no context. I, I know it's in the DC world that, you know, I'm actually probably, like, in this sort of sense, I'm like the comic book fan who wasn't really familiar with Iron Man right. when Iron Man came out. And, like, that's the context where I, that I'm going to go see this. And so,
0: well, and most people don't realize that Iron Man was a secondary character, right? Right. In Marvel, in general, in in the MCU, you know, in in the comic world, he was never the major character, but yet he launched the MCU, right? Is and that's what
1: Marvel had the rights to. By the way, the Marvel just got the rights back to the the Hulk. They can now make Hulk movies all they want. That's with the Hulk individually. As opposed to having to be a, having to be a part of a team up now, whether that's a movie that people need to watch or see, I, I have my doubts. But they got it back, right? That's good. For Kids, them. Look, um, look for the Hulk movies to show up on Disney Plus.
0: So let me ask you, because it, there was you talked about Ezra Miller and, and all that stuff and, and whatever, but his his performance in the movie, I liked his portrayal of the Flash. I liked all of that. I feel like. Oh, I, Ezra Miller and Ezra Miller from four years prior or five years or however many years it was, um, that's much cooler and a much smaller bit. Not you know three quarters of a movie. Like I got tired of him and himself being together for that long. And
1: yeah, I didn't. Like I anyway. didn't really care. I, I think I said this on the sh- uh, on bandwagoners. I did not care for immature, like immature Ezra Miller, because it felt like it was. Ezra Miller, immature Ezra Miller to the nth degree. Like it was really turned up to eleven. But yet
0: he ends up that teaching points. a level of maturity to mature Ezra Miller, of course, because that's what. Because this was also a coming of age movie on top of everything else. Kind so. of,
1: uh, because he never learned anything. So, like that's it. That was that's, that's the ultimate problem I had with the film. Is at the end of the at the end of the movie he still changes shit and it fucks stuff up. You just don't know the right. ramifications because that's he changed one my, something.
0: One of the two things I actually liked about the movie. But we'll get there. Um, no. No, so I, mean, I did not like that part. So, uh, so okay. So so what was this movie then? Because it wasn't a coming-of-age movie because it didn't really learn anything. It wasn't really a buddy movie. It wasn't really a nostalgia movie. It wasn't really an origin film. What the fuck was it?
1: it so Marvel has this series on Disney Plus called What If? Question
0: mark. Okay. That's
1: what this movie was. This movie was DC
0: What If? Because I felt like this movie presented. was what was the last Spider-Man movie called? No Way
1: Home.
0: I felt like this was their No Way Home. In a lot of oh, ways. see, I because Spider-Man No Way no Home way had three home. different no. spider mans in it, and it had multiple villains from different arcs, like all of but that. it, but it
1: had, but it had a more coherent
0: story. Well, yes, because uh, I'll, it, I'll it was, give yeah, it. It's Marvel, and and uh, because I think it was a better like told story, but yeah, it was a terrible um. story. Uh, but <sighs> I just. And and just watch, I remember, I don't remember what point of the movie I was just like, God, this movie sucks. Like this movie's just stupid. It doesn't know what it is, like it just has no idea yeah. what's going on. And I and I know, like, I always err on the inside of the entertainment factor at all. And literally, the two high points of the movie for me were Wonder Woman and George Clooney. Like that that was it. <laughs>
1: what what I find funny about the George Clooney thing is and I don't think we talked about this on the show, but I was—I uh, was talking about with a with a buddy of mine. So, so many people between both the George Clooney appearance and the Nicolas Cage appearance, so many people were that were at that film weren't even a blink in their parents' eye when those things were a thing, and. So there was a lot of, huh? When George Clooney got out of the car, like a lot of who the like caught like, yeah. uh like, like he was like, the little dad was like, who the hell is this guy? Who is this guy? Like, he was like, I don't understand. Cause we've never watched. We've never even watched that Batman. Nor should you. The Schumacher Batman. We watched both of the Michael Keaton's. We've actually watched the 1960s goofy cartoon movie. So when the yeah. Adam West Batman is running along, he got that reference. He didn't know who George Reeve was, and and that's that one. Even that one, That's just like
0: I've never seen like the George not, Reeve Superman. Nineteen, what
1: forty? Yeah, 1950? I've seen Christopher Reeve,
0: obviously, but I've never seen George Reeve.
1: Well, and Helen and Helen Slater as Supergirl, like that was just like yeah, they really did like this was really, and maybe that's really where I land was. It was it was like this big nostalgia snapshot right for the back half of the movie like from the second michael keaton shows up on the screen to the end of all those multiple universes and things colliding into each other that is all that's all nostalgia and that's all that that's all it had at that point um you know, fan service and nostalgia was was really what it leaned on towards the end. Yeah, it was how the film was. It was how the film was marketed. Like the film was not marketed around the Flash character any more than it needed to be. Yeah, sure, shooting was marketed around Michael Keaton as Batman. <laughs> like that was a legit thing. But again, at the end of the day, like I liked that. Like, and this is the thing: is there was you talk about potential all the time. There was potential for it to be better. And I like yes. I liked. I liked the storyline of him, you know, just wanting his mom. Like, oh that's, yeah, that made sense. That's very relatable. And, and and the bits, the bits where he like says goodbye. The the whole don't forget the tomatoes line when he like hands it to like when he get, puts the can in the in the cart was dumb. But like at the end when he's it. stealing when he's stealing the can of tomatoes away mm-hmm. and he he says goodbye to her and she like you know, is very caring and is like, that's all he wanted from a mom. Like that's kind of beautiful. Oh yeah. And yet there's like this, you know, like you said, like there's this big noise in the middle where he has to learn that it's impossible to fix this. And then again, he, he, he doesn't really learn anything because he still tries to fix stuff. And, uh,
0: and it's funny because I mean him changing the cans at the grocery store, so that his dad looks at the top shelf. And I think to me, it was more of like, okay, if I can't save my mom, I can at least save my dad. That kind of deal, right? right. Um And 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 that's funny because then when they showed that, and I was like, okay, in my head, I was like, okay, he changed something. So what? there's going to be some little thing, some little fallout from this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the moment that Bruce Wayne pulled up and the car was black, when earlier in the movie, the car was white. I knew mm-hmm. that it wasn't Ben Affleck and I knew that it was I thought it was going to be Michael right Keaton. right I thought it was gonna be Michael Keaton to be honest with you that got out of the car because yeah that would that would have made sense that would have come full circle and then as long as it took them to show the Bruce Wayne getting out of the car I was like okay then this is this is definitely you know and is not not going to be Ben Affleck and then it was George Clooney I just love George Clooney that's the only reason why I liked it. At that well, point, I, I mean, I know, meaning, Mr. Ocean's 11 over meaning here. and history and lots of other movies too. Meaning and history and all that are out the window by the time I was 2 hours and 24 minutes into this fucking movie. So, <laughs> at that point I was just like something make me smile, either bring back Gal Gadot or bring out George Clooney. One of the two, cuz they've been in movies together. Right. So, just make me happy, make me smile, and that's what they did. Um, but it, at that point I was just looking and then this, I waited all that time for, for drunk Aquaman for the post-credit scene. It's just like, whatever, like,
1: well, and, and again, it can really go nowhere where other than to remind you that there's an Aquaman sequel coming up.
0: That also isn't really part of the new DC. Right.
1: That, that will serve no purpose. It will, it will see itself through and that'll be that.
0: And I don't know if you guys got this far on bandwagon nerds. Cause it all depends on how far I got on bandwagon nerds, but I feel like, and I felt this way before, and and maybe they have a shot with with the Blue Beetle movie, and, and he can be their Iron Man, right? Except he's more of a kid. But other than that, I feel like DC's just fucked. Like, I just feel well, like, because they can't be Marvel, but people want to so go I, and see Marvel. And so it's like, what do right. you do if you're DC? If you can't be Marvel, because you just can't pull it off at of the level that Marvel's done it, although maybe... With with their director, well, they can't.
1: They just they just stumbled so badly yeah. with when they tried to do a connected universe. So I asked the question on the show, and, and I thought, well, maybe the writer strike helps this. Because I was like, May do you think maybe there's an argument for DC to kind of cool off a little bit? And not, in a, you know, in a, in, in a, it's got such a sour taste. And basically everything that comes out seems to have a strike against it just by virtue of being a DC film. Perhaps it's time for Gunn and everybody to maybe take a step back and wait a little bit and get a little of that, a little bit of that absence makes the heart. Right. Forgive it sort of deal. I well, do think they, it's even, a great, I mean, they
0: made Blue Beetle already. So have they made anything else?
1: Uh, it doesn't. It, no, um, because Superman isn't isn't done yet. They haven't even cast Superman the lowest. Uh, they've just announced Batman the Brave and the Bold. There's the thing about Guns DC projects is it's very ambitious, right? In that he's he's gone so far as to say because there's like animated projects that are that are being worked on as well that are actually going to be tied to this film universe. Like they're kind of doing a lot of different layers, so it's not just happening in cinemas. you're gonna start seeing stuff on Max. I think the Blue Beetle is the right answer in terms of a of a restart point, and I would argue that there's about three movies that need to be made before you bring in Batman or Superman just right. to get people away from those characters and r- try to build. A DCU that's not dependent on those characters because that is the thing that I'm worried about with Marvel right now is what and this is a real question and we won't know until another Avengers movie comes out. Was was Iron Man really it? Like with Iron Man gone, is the MCU going to struggle
0: because he was he was such a and Captain America
1: at least the actor.
0: Because it's not just Iron Man, right. it's Robert Downey Jr.
1: Right? Sure, but um, and even with Captain America, like Captain America was important, but he was clearly number two, right? Like he was yeah. clearly him. Like, or but he was A.
0: he was clearly number two in terms of general ranking, but in terms of hero, he was number one.
1: Hmm. It's always it's always the 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 agreed upon thing that Captain America is the best of us, but he's not. It's because he's not the most powerful guy. He's not the the biggest superhero. He's not the genius or whatever. And him and Tony being at odds was a big part of what really, Mm -hmm. you know, keeps the Avengers going and keeps them interesting. When you get past Civil War and you get into Infinity War and Endgame, who is that now? You know, I love Sam Wilson as the next Captain America. It's straight out of the comics, and he's. He's very much the I don't deserve this guy. Like I, I don't deserve these right. honors. I'm not like I'm not particularly special in his whole series which isn't that bad of a series even though it, it kind of gets it's a, maybe a little too long um, and, and too many episodes but him coming into his own by the end of that series is what, what it's supposed to do so that by the time you get to the end of Captain America and the right. Winter Soldier it's It's him, uh, believing that he deserves the honor that he didn't feel like he believed when he got the show in the first place. So, but all of that is not to say that it's okay if you thought the Flash sucked. I just was kind of, I was just kind of ambivalent about the whole thing. Like i I didn't feel like it was a complete waste of time. Like when I paid to see the Justice League, like I didn't walk out of the film being like man, I wasted my money and I wish I could get it back. Uh, I think it's very telling that an 11-year-old boy who loves The Flash as his favorite DC character, right. when we go to Six Flags, we have to buy Flash merch. That's that's it. He has, he has a Flash hoodie that is still like two sizes too big for him because it's the smallest one I could find, but he fell in love with it when he was, you know, 10. Right. And he couldn't muster up the strength to say it was good. He could just say, "I experienced it,"
0: which he did. Which he so, did. So let me, because so, uh, it's weird, but you know, wrestling, um, and it, it's you know, and considering that Warner Brothers makes you know these movies, is DC AEW and Marvel's WWE. And because even (laughs) because I even looked it up, right? AEW does on average 44% of the ratings and the viewership anyway that WWE does. And DC doing like 44% of Marvel's what Marvel pulls in in the box office. Like, I don't even know. But like, there's to me, there seems to be a lot of parallels, at least on the surface (laughs) that I'm a surface level fan when it comes to this stuff.
1: I don't, I don't know. That's a, that's a tough. Because I, and I, I guess I don't know what it implies. Cause, we are, cause we're, cause we're, we're talking about the product being less than, uh, I think that the, I think that the DC here's the thing that I think is different. Okay. Is I think there, and I think there are, there are a ton of DC fans out there or fans of, of DC that have lost all goodwill and are waiting to put them on the level of Marvel. Right. Like, I, I firmly believe that. I don't believe there is a wrestling fan base that is equivalent to that in AEW. Now, whether that's by virtue of AEW not being around long enough to have, like, those people who, like, really have, like, a nostalgic place in their heart. Because there's there's the fans in the middle that are right. going to see it no matter what, like you. You're gonna see it no matter like not no matter what, but you're gonna see right. it because oh hey it's a comic movie I'm interested whatever, uh, and DC's either gonna keep you or they're gonna lose you, and AEW's the same way AEW's either gonna keep you or you lose you if you're if you're kind of on the fence and maybe you come back to it or whatever. Right. But there's a there's a there's a significant chunk of DC fandom that I want DC to be successful, but have stopped why. giving poor production. Or poor films, the time of day, yeah, and 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 whether it's poor marketing, which is a, you know another thing. Like marketing was was interesting with the Flash. But the Flash made sixty five million dollars in its opening weekend, and that's abysmal for a comedy book movie, right? Like that's that is as I described it, um, in our bandwagon nerd chat. That is an unmitigated disaster. Like that is, you spent two hundred million dollars. Plus, to get this movie out, and it it was it was well out of there. Um, it right. was well terrible. And so, you know, Aesop shared a very interesting article where studios kind of looked for every reason, but kind of what the reasons were. Like they blamed the audiences, or blamed the audience for not turning out when it's really not the audience's fault. No, it's and, never and the audience's kind of fault. Same traps and 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 that's just that's it's it's mismanaged. So James Gunn's got a lot of work to do. Yes, um, and until you know, and I, you know, to flip this back to wrestling, you know, I think Tony Khan's got a lot of work to do. I also think he's got an interesting goodwill set, you know, established yes. with absolutely a, a, a viable chunk of its fandom, which DC actually does not have, in my opinion, right now. Okay, because. Because if, if you're a viable, if you if you had a viable fan base to support your films, you don't make sixty five million dollars on a flash movie, right? On your opening, like that what you just does
0: a Marvel movie make on the opening weekend?
1: Uh anywhere from, you know, depending on like your Ant Man's. Uh, well, actually, you know, I'm gonna have to go back and look, but usually the the floor, the floor. Is eighty some million dollars, okay. like the floor, Um and most of them right now. Um,
0: don't is that be, still so better than pick- the ratings comparison that I made for AEW and WWE, where AEW does forty four percent of WWE's ratings, right? And that's for Raw. I'm not even comparing to SmackDown, which would be even worse. But that's not okay. just
1: Ant Man and the Wasp. Just for example, by the time it was done, in the box office had made six hundred twenty two point seven million dollars in the United States, right? Or are you are you uh, six hundred twenty two point seven million dollars USD. So that's what it mm-hmm. all translates to. Um, worldwide, it's opening weekend. I was did a hundred and four
0: did a hundred
1: and four million dollars.
0: Okay, so they're still about sixty percent. So they're actually performing better than AEW in terms of that comparison. But here right. and, and and really we start talking about what's similar and what's different. I will say this. I feel like DC, based on the preview for Blue Beetle, I feel like DC's answer to having to compete with Marvel is to become more like Marvel. Like, it, it feels like they're becoming more, it's like, I, I watched that preview and I'm like, this is Spider-Man. Like, that's that's just what it felt like. And AEW is trying very hard not to be WWE.
1: So here, yeah. here's one other. Con- here's here's another comparison, just to kind of give you another idea.
0: So the Eternals,
1: mm-hmm. a movie that launched early in the pandemic, or, or like well yeah. while the pandemic, yeah, the like theater. while the pandemic, yeah. well while well, people were slowly coming back, so we're slowly coming back. It opened with a seventy one million dollar domestic box office launch and made it the fourth highest opening of the pandemic, despite less than favorable reviews, which is funny because it's less than favorable, favorable, favorable reviews are almost equivalent to the same aggregate scores that the flash got, which also tells you the mentality of people because people actually said it was reviewed better or that it was reviewed well because it wasn't reviewed as awful. Okay. So, but even so in a, in a bad market, for theater going audiences a poorly reviewed marvel film still made 71 million dollars on its launch week right. and if there was not a pandemic involved it's going to be significantly higher i agree simply because and the flash life. is and the flash is a tentpole character for dc that's the other thing that i think is really important to pay attention here the flash is like aew Advertising, MJF versus Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. And it, well, maybe not that high of a main but like two A tiered stars in the company With like your Sting head following, head. following them around, right? And it and it and it only scores sixty five. It should have it should have hit a hundred and fifty some million dollars at least,
0: given the character. Well, and it's interesting because and, and its potential. I didn't see Transformers opening weekend. I, between work. Oh, and, I still haven't uh, seen it, stuff. but I want to see it. Um, so, but last Friday, not this past Friday, but the one before my wife and I could not go see it. So my son and daughter went and saw it. That's the great thing about having a kid who can drive. So they went and saw it. And, and so then the, this weekend, they it was more important to them that we all go as a group to see transformers than see the flash. And obviously I saw both the flash was in every big theater and and it made it really hard for me to find seats to transformers we didn't see mm-hmm. trans we saw transformers at 9 50 on sunday night because all of the theaters were full because it was all the smaller theaters at the movie theater because the flash was in all the big ones they have two really big theaters plus a medium-sized right. one and then all the smaller ones whereas we saw the flash yesterday at like two forty in the afternoon on a holiday, but not everybody is celebrating this holiday, even though it's a federal holiday. My own wife had to work, and she works for a school system, so that's weird. But the theater was maybe a quarter full. This is on a Monday, though, but still, so it wasn't technically opening yeah. weekend. And I don't understand why Sunday is not considered part of opening weekend when they do these numbers, because it's still the weekend. Never understood. It's that. it's
1: like it's like it's projected though. They can project.
0: It's it's like polling. But still, it's just weird. Like, because you get it because when you see the numbers on Sunday for the weekend, and I'm like, but the weekend's not over.
1: Because because Sunday morning, Sunday morning, you'll get a projection. So and actually, we can see what the final number for the Flash. Because the early projection for the Flash was in the fifties. That's just was like fifty five million, and it bumped up over sixty. Um, no, I'm not searching. What? (laughs)
0: Sorry, I'm. Efforting things for you. That's okay. Transformers, by the way, I loved.
1: Yeah, it earned sixty it earned sixty uh sixty mil in its first uh in its opening weekend. Yeah, so when it got reported on Sunday, the flash was listed as being fifty five million as its opening weekend. Right. It did that it closed up uh, it closed out over sixty. So
0: and you probably had some people that went on Sunday, especially if they were off on Monday, so it right. becomes Saturday. Like there's all kinds of. Things you know who's they're...
1: really you know who's really smug about that number right now? By the way, who? The Rock.
0: Oh, I'm sure he is, but he's the it, Rock. Like, it, it, well, so be just
1: all the shit, all the shit he caught over Black Adam, which I is in is in my opinion, and I think you agreed, not a good movie.
0: Did not enjoy uh, Black Black
1: Adam. really. No, really, when you get down to it. But he caught so much shit for not doing well, and then he outperformed the Flash. So,
0: I mean, you and I could have made a movie that outperformed the Flash if it was a superhero movie. Probably. So, at this point, yes, because just would have made money for being a superhero movie. So, there you go. Thirty minutes talking about the Flash. By the way, you can hear even more in-depth conversation about the Flash on this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds, which you can hear as part of. The Chairshot Radio Network, as part of TheChairshot.com. Where's that Chairshot.com sound? There it is.
1: TheChairshot.com.
0: Always use your head. By the, and I'm Greg DeMarco, GregDeMarco44. He's Patrick O'Dowd, at Wrestling Realist. It's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. There's no I in wrestling, but there is one in Realist. Go follow him on Twitter so he can have more real followers. And that would be... Dude,
1: my my fake my fake followers have got me up to seven eighty or uh, five eighty two or four eighty two 780 something 40. I was about to be like, No no, no know, four four eighty two. The the bots are back in force. I am getting just to like a look at these so my notifications. So there was the Father's Day retweet, and then one, two, three, four,
0: five, six, seven, wow. eight, eight bots. And I think Thank I've had body. three bots since then. Yeah,
1: 482. I'm at 482. Okay. Good for this you. is the bots. You. Thank you. you, bots.
0: Very good. Very good.
1: You're all real in my heart.
0: I kind of feel like I want to play the, the show opening, but I don't think I will. I, I just I At this it. point, they they know what I'm doing. Cole, We'll give him the Adam Cole baby, because what I should really do is go to commercial. And then come back and talk about pay some bills, bro. They do have a couple of. I always laugh when people say pay the bills, but um, and I know why they say it. But I have some wrestling things I want to talk about. We've got a pretty cool list that we're going to do this week and get things rolling. So
1: here we go. Promotional consideration
0: paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save ten percent on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code Chairshot. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. And by the way, we'll go backwards this week. Go on over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick up a chair shot t-shirt. Get a logo shirt, slogan shirt, so much more. All for you, all at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Because why not? Acknowledge me. So I sent you, and, and, and we DM'd a little bit about this, and I want to talk about this briefly and maybe one or two other things. Because it's, it's just, there's a lot of bad takes going on right now in, in the world of pro wrestling, <laughs> and so we're going to talk about them. There's a news report that I told you about stating that Vince McMahon heavily changed the opening segment of Raw. The opening segment of Raw was Seth Rollins coming out for his open challenge, which this article is presuming... Would have been answered by Tommaso Ciampa. Um, actually, this article is not presuming that. But of course, before Rollins could even start cutting his promo, while the fans are singing his song, which I also want to talk about, Finn Balor attacks him, takes him out. He's not able to wrestle. He does compete tonight at NXT. But they they go that route, right? Finn Balor attacks him. They're continuing to set up the match at Money in the Bank. All of that stuff, right? This this the seven-year thing that Finn Balor's got going on. Because that's how long it's been since Rollins injured Balor and, and took him out when he won the Universal Championship. Of course, The Miz then took over, did his, his spiel that he was going to answer the open challenge. And issued his own open challenge. It was answered by Tommaso Ciampa, the returning Tommaso Ciampa, with, thank goodness... His old theme song, not the new one that they replaced it with. That that was, made me very happy because it's one of my favorite theme songs. Uh, comes out, he beats The Miz. Of course he does. He's returning. And, and there we go. So the report was Vince McMahon changed that. There's another report, same exact segment, that it was actually Triple H's decision late in the game to make the change. Because while he loved the idea of Tommaso Ciampa and Seth Rollins, he didn't want Tommaso Ciampa to lose despite the fact that he could be like this great effort against the world heavyweight champion in his first match back. So that's why they made the change, took Rollins out and had the match with the Miz. Well, they can't both be the same. Right. They can't both be right. It can't be that triple H made the change and it can't be that Vince McMahon made the change. Somebody had to make the change or this was the plan. What, you know, before the weekend, when the, when the initial stuff gets written, What say you? Is this a Vince McMahon thing? If you had to pick that this was Vince or this was Triple H, which story to you is more believable? To you.
1: To me, uh, the one involving the guy who's present at the arena making decisions. That's – I think – I just, I, we've talked about this so many times, Greg, and maybe, and maybe Vince, and maybe, Vince, and maybe you're going to come in here in a second and be that contrarian no. uh, host that you are and be like, well, no, actually, I think this time Vince did, but there, there is this just inane desire for everybody to think that Vince McMahon has the time and inclination to, to, f- fuck with raw every week and it's only raw right it doesn't it like they never uh, talk about
0: him messing with smackdown
1: nothing nothing happened in smackdown ever nothing ever changes in smackdown it must be just it's fucking
0: perfect well same guys running the show i'll tell you why i'll tell you why that is in a second
1: okay but anyway no i believe the guy who's at the show that would be if i were to believe either of the two rumors that one seems plausible and
0: you know makes the most sense to me. i agree I agree. And it, it could be neither. Neither's definitely, but I didn't give you that neither as an option. Um I'll answer that question, right? It's always raw and never smackdown. Always raw and never smackdown. There's a simple explanation for that. And I'll, I'll I'll phrase it to you this way, okay? If you're the NFL and you want to announce something that will not get people talking on sports talk radio and, and beat you to death and all that. When would you announce, when would the NFL typically announce something like that? You announce it over the weekend so that nobody pays attention to it. Or five o'clock on Friday. Right. Yeah. It's when I fire people. Then it gets, bank is buried, right? SmackDown airs Friday night. Yep. By the time Monday rolls, wrestling websites do not do their biggest business on Saturday and Sunday. They probably do it on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday and Monday. By the time Monday rolls around, we're talking about Raw. And and if if SmackDown aired on like Tuesday, we probably would hear that Vince McMahon was making changes, because again, right. these sites can't. It's also, it's it's Vince McMahon and it's Raw, right? Those are we've we've long said that wrestling websites cannot live without Vince McMahon. They also can't live without Raw, to be honest with you, because Raw right. is the show that we most associate with pro wrestling at this point, the age that everybody is. It's been around since 1991, right? So it's been around for 32 years, more than 32 years, because January is when it premiered. So for 32 years, we've had Raw. So someone that's older than 32, like us, grew up with Raw. Someone who's younger than 32 doesn't know a world without Raw. So Raw is always going to be that thing. And Raw has been the staple. SmackDown has been on tuesday it's been on thursday it's been on friday it's bounced around those days and gone back and forth raw's been on monday for 32 fucking years raw's been on monday like it is the backbone of pro wrestling as was vince mcmahon so that's why we're getting all of this that's why it's always vince that's why it's always raw like literally right that's what it is um because that's what's gonna get the clicks and, and that's what it's gonna do. Vince could die. And they'd still find a way He's, to be like There was a seance, there was a seance held before. There was a Ra seance held or like experience. Vince Vince submitted three years worth of plans before his passing, and and what happened right. on to Raw tonight was in Vince's plans, and so they had to change it. Like they'd find some way to now I'm not saying that I'm not trying to be morbid and stupid at the same time that wouldn't right. happen. But that's that's the extreme example of how badly they need Vince cuz I love Triple H and Triple H is a very newsworthy person in the world of professional wrestling. Maybe number 2 or number 3 on the list of newsworthy people in pro wrestling. But Vince is number 1. By far. Right. Cool. Yeah, he, no, there's he's no the doubt. Un- yeah, that's undisputed. 1, Name that that drives pro wrestling websites. I said that Triple H is number two or number three. Who do you think is the other one? In Eric my Michelle. brain, who do you think my brain is the other one?
1: Oh, is it number two or number three
0: right now um, for wrestling websites? Like the name that oh, they I, would I, use I, to drive clicks? What Melter? No, it's CM. Punk. Are you
1: talking a wrestling? Oh, CM Punk. Yeah, they're going to use Vince, they CM out.
0: Punk. Because they talked about CM Punk, and we used to joke about this, your, 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 your wrestling news yeah, bullshit soundbite sneezed. says CM Punk has sneezed, which could mean he's going to return at SummerSlam, but plans may change. Like, CM Punk on, in terms of wrestling news sites, is this and that. And then it's probably Triple H, then it's probably Tony Khan. Like, literally, that's... Right. Only one of those four is even a pro wrestler. But... That's what people want to know about. That's the backstage stuff that they want. Hey, to
1: know. he he apologized, Greg, by the way. Everything's all better now.
0: Yeah, it seems like everything's better. Based on yes, the everything's promo wonderful. He cut and 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 the box. Oh no, it's not fine. Not doing any <laughs> It's a fucking high school. That company is a high school. And I've seen people commending them for figuring it out, right? Making it work. Like literally. This is Yeah. We had to move people out of the classroom cuz their parents complained and the kids can't be in the same classroom. That's what this is. With adults. It, can I can I ask a question by the way? All in their 30s except Punk who's 40. Right. Like
1: this is what we're dealing So with. so we now have three shows that right. air on television. Sort of.
0: Rampage is now sort of. dark. But yeah. Right.
1: So so that that kind of gets so Dynamite is 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 our raw, right? Collision um, is our SmackDown.
0: I would and, say so. It's more like Nitro. Well, it's not quite Nitro and Thunder yet. Rampage, is Thunder, right? But now the collision right. is and, and
1: Rampage, right? Um, and Rampage is going to become wcw saturday night when we have nitro thunder and then wcw saturday no night. because disco collision- inferno that. is going to show collision
0: up? collision is better than thunder i think it, it's it's a comparison that no one's going to like because these things never went together but it really is raw smackdown and thunder that's what it is sunday Night in, in, in order in chronological velocity order. It's raw thunder SmackDown. Like thunder is a step above Velocity, a step above Main Event, a step above WCW Saturday Night. But that's it. Like it wasn't Nitro. So yeah, to me Collision, or, yeah, co- co- and maybe yeah, Collision SmackDown for them. Dynamite's raw. So and,
1: you and- talked about the roster. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on you to educate me on this whole ordeal here. So you know, obviously Punk is on Collision. Um Apparently Miro had a great match. Is that now is there a roster exclusivity thing that's going on now with Collision versus Ravage? There, is not, not. Ravage, not Ravage.
0: there is not, and I'll tell okay. you, and I'll tell you how you can how you can know this. Punk is going to be on Dynamite this week. Right. The Bucks and Kenny okay. Omega are not. They are going to be in a pre-recorded segment, which AEW does a lot of. AEW will actually Pre-record segments the week before so that talent doesn't have to travel out the next week. Maybe it's a cost savings, maybe whatever. Whereas WWE will literally bring everybody to RAW. That's on the RAW brand. There are people who've been traveling to RAW for weeks that never get to work. Like that that happens. I guarantee. Johnny Gargano was there last night in Cleveland, in his hometown, but didn't work.
1: He 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 worked a dark match.
0: Did he? I didn't even look. Did he work? Like
1: no, I I don't know, but I'm I'm just
0: he should have. They should have had him work Dark Match main event like he would have been crazy over. But I don't know. Right. It's already been three hours at that point. Plus they do main event on so. Monday, not Friday, which makes no sense to me. But um, so they it's not that. It, it's basically they're going to do a split each week. Bas- they're just mm-hmm. going to keep the people apart that they need to keep apart. CM Punk and Friends of CM Punk will be on one show. People Friends who vehemently don't like CM Punk will be in another. Then there's going to be this third group which is probably actually the majority of the roster who can be with anybody and and right. will be with anybody. So that's how. So that did you watch collision? No.
1: All right. You did that. Cause well, cause it got the, it got the typical thing I've seen. You talked about people being like, Oh, it's so great. They figured this out. You know, it also got the typical like, Oh, this was such a great first show. Blah, blah, blah. blah. And I wanted to be like, you know, Thunder was a pretty good first show.
0: It was, it was, uh, but like, I don't think that's going to happen here because of Rampage, and and I just right. don't.
1: Su- yeah. Sunday Night Heat was a pretty good first show. Rampage was a pretty was a pretty good first show. We was um, CM Punk in then, Chicago.
0: Oh, uh, right. was Rampage's first and,
1: show, and then, and then, and then here it is. But I don't so, think because
0: Rampage is taped the same day as Dynamite.
1: How much AEW is too much AEW?
0: Because I already think there's too much
1: WWE, and now we're looking at
0: six hours of television plus uh, five hours unfortunately, of WWE and two hours in NXT. There's two different answers to that question. From a discerning fan quality standpoint, there's too much. But from a business, what will they get paid for? If somebody's willing to pay them for it. Yeah, no, work.
1: absolutely. I'm asking as the fan. As, as the, the fan, I, I like, think it's too much. At, well, that's hard. I, I think there's seen... too much done.
0: I haven't seen what the ratings were for Collision yet, to be honest with you. So let me see if I mean I can for find
1: Saturday. It. I heard it did okay.
0: Let me. I'm going to pull it up right now. We're going to effort this right now. It's not even out yet. So hey,
1: look, look at you using the radio language.
0: What yeah, effort this? Oh, I've used that before. It's the Saturday rate at least on Showbuzz Daily? The Saturday ratings are not out yet, and that's the one that I go with is Show Buzz Daily. So we'll I see. see. But. I I would be interested to see how that went. And 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 here's the thing, right? It's gonna come in at like, I don't know, six, seven hundred thousand, maybe. Just just to offer a guess. I have no idea. Right? Rampage is usually like four, hundred thousand. Dynamite's usually like eight or nine hundred thousand. I'm gonna guess six or seven, maybe a little more because it had the return of CM Punk in Chicago. And people are gonna shit on that. They are. They're gonna shit on it because. It's not raw. It's not pulling in over a million dynamite used to pull in over a million. It doesn't anymore. What they're not going to do is tell me the past year's worth of ratings that TNT has done on Saturday night and how Collision right. is probably higher than all of that. Like, like they, they, they compare things to the wrong thing. Just like I did the research on, on a W like when dynamite and people were starting to bitch about dynamites ratings it's like the only thing on TBS that even cracks the top ten all week. Right. And and people are, are shitting on it. Because so TBS, so TBS, TBS is ecstatic. Right. It, it's like it's like people are like, they're gonna take it off the air because it's like, everybody loves to spend other people's money, especially when it's a TV network. Right. And that's Absolutely. what these fans are doing with, with network deals and all that kind of stuff. Like it's just silly. I would be interested to see. But it's it's I but they're not keeping them separate as a hard roster split but they are keeping them separate on a week to week basis. So Punk's on Dynamite this week. The Elite might be on Collision this week. Like who knows. And I honestly right. think that's better than a hard roster split. Uh, that's better if I take the fact that these people can't sit in the same classroom as a given because I don't right. agree with it, but because if you can't be an adult and coexist, then you don't fucking belong there. Like you don't get, deserve to get paid this million dollar contract. Um, and to me, it's all the Bucks and Kenny. Like I, I, I can't see CM Punk refusing to be there if the Bucks and Kenny are there. Like I don't see CM Punk doing that. I'm not trying to compliment him up and down, whatever. I just don't. He doesn't strike me as that guy. They do strike me as that guy. So that's that's where that's coming from. Um, I I don't know why he's still held belt on the Hangman Page thing. That ESPN article where he's going after Hangman Page again, I will say this, Hangman, and this is pure speculation on my part, and it's probably unfair speculation, Hangman Page going off script and saying things in the promo with CM Punk that he wasn't supposed to say, I would bet, I wouldn't bet a mortgage payment, I'd bet a car payment that he was put up to that by the Young Bucks. Yeah. I really would. I think they're that petty. I, I really do. Um, because they even did their whole little bio change and said they would have done this or that or whatever. I don't even know if they're still doing being the elite. I have no fucking clue. We've already talked about this more than I wanted to, but I am not at all on board with this change having to be made. And and I am all for praising Tony Khan where he deserves it. And I think there are places where he deserves right. praise and we'll give them to him. He deserves no praise for this soft roster split that he's having to do. like. Be a fucking leader and lead your people instead of being afraid of you. If you're afraid of the people you're leading, you right. can't lead them. Like, well, that's, that's what amazing. happens
1: when you're in awe of the people that work for you, right? Like you're all, you're, you're,
0: yeah. Well,
1: part of the reality of this is you can't be a, you can't be a fan. In, no. in, in and I promote wrestling the, uh, shows one of the most
0: respected people in the entire business. And I can't, and I'm a tremendous fan of what he's done and the things he's established, but I can't treat this job that I have of promoting wrestling shows as a fan. I can't do that.
1: And, and and said, and said veterans like that wouldn't want you to.
0: No, they, they call me, they, 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 I'd lose all credibility.
1: They call you a fuck. They call you a fucking mark and they tell people not to listen
0: to you. Which is probably what punk does to Tony Khan behind his back. Right. Considering what he called the other people. Calling them children and all that. Oh, absolutely, like he did so. One thousand percent. Yeah, so one hundred percent. So, all right, enough of that. I've talked about this topic more than I want to talk about. What do you want to talk about, Patrick? I know you have something.
1: How great is LA Knight? Uh,
0: the only thing like I can honest, say in honest to that is honest to God. Yeah, he's he's fantastic.
1: Watch. So, like, I've watched him off and on, you know, since he's since he's come up. And it wasn't until this week
0: when on SmackDown or on Raw. You know, outside,
1: uh on Raw, he uh he talks at Logan Paul and uh you know it's it's making the rounds around the internet because you know he says something along the lines of you make you make videos From to fourteen year old girls. Yeah. For fourteen year old girls, uh, which is a great liner, I think. It was. But that didn't even yeah. matter because Man, when, we always talk about, you know, is someone over? Are they not over? Or, you know what? That dude, that dude hit the ring. And just. It was
0: fucking over. Absolutely, like, it was just over. He was the, was cl- cl- he, was cl- the like, crop. he was
1: the, cream was the, he was the star is. of the show. You know? And he is People in everything that he's, he's in.
0: Like it's right. when he went to NXT, they didn't want to like him. Because right. he was older, he wasn't what the black and yellow was at the NXT at the time when he showed up. He wasn't that. By the time he left, they were sad to see him go. He was, you know, all of his catchphrases. He has gotten over so great on the main roster, despite not being used as an over-top-level star. Like, And I know that Triple H said that people are going to look stupid when whoever wins Money in the Bank, because everyone thinks it's going to be LA Knight. Still wouldn't be shocked if he won it. Like, he's... Cody Rhodes loves to use the word undeniable to to you know from undesirable to undeniable. Yeah. That's LA Knight. LA Knight's undeniable. Like he's right. just that his name is LA Knight. Like, it's not even a good name. But and yet he makes it work. He makes it and not only does he L- make it work, a- he 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 goes into it 100%. He is a lesson in pro wrestling. This is what I've talked about a million a- times. Looking well, pretty deadly. You know, Some people would be saddled with the pretty deadly gimmick, and it would be the death of them. Those guys are amazing. That's pretty deadly. L.A. Knight's the same way. You, you like, know, he, you he's know he's taking else? the L.A. You know Knight. Know who else thing we to used people. to talk
1: about about that? Right.
0: Who? Rhodes. Yeah. Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes.
1: We used to talk. We used to talk about Cody all the time when he took the dashing gimmick. When mm-hmm. he did Stardust. When he was in Fortune. When he was all of that shit. He, he had a mustache. It. it was amazing, right? He just and that's the thing is La Knight, um, you know, pretty deadly. They're are examples of what hell gender my
0: fucking hall. Like I'll even should... go like the greatest example I'll, of this wrestling history, touch. Doink the Clown. Oh yeah, could have been career death for Matt Bourne. Instead, he well, took Matt, it. Matt Bourne was the career
1: death of Matt Bourne. Yes, Yes,
0: yes. Was, he was the real-life death of Matt Bourne, too. But he took that and made Doink the Clown an iconic. I've made the argument for this. We haven't talked about it in a couple of years now, but I've made this argument. I think it's been within the last like four or five years. I think Doink the Clown, the gimmick, needs to get inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Right. But they don't do it, that. Yeah. They induct performers. It's right. like, who do you, do you induct all of them as one?
1: Well, and, and again, this, we've talked about this before too. The iteration of, of joint that Matt Bourne portrayed was, oh, the, best was the best. Joint. Absolutely. Like, like it, it just sucked that the heel that the evil clown thing didn't last as long as, as it could have.
0: Because it was so good. Right. Even as long as we may remember it. We, we probably remember right. it lasting longer than it did because we were kids. But yeah, It did I, not I, last was, long. Though. No. No, it didn't. Especially when then Ray Apollo took it. Steve Lombardi had it for a while. I think Steve, Skir, Steve Kern had it for a while. But yeah, I still believe that. Whether it's Matt Bourne or whatever it is, the Doink the Clown character, the Doink the Clown gimmick belongs in the Hall of Fame. Some way, somehow, that deserves the recognition that that it should get. So um did that answer your with a question you brought up? Yes.
1: the question was LA Knight, just how great has He's has La LA Knight fantastic. just been since he came up. And
0: it's, and it's interesting. A, because, it's funny
1: because you you saw it in impact.
0: Yes. And he still throws, like he'll he'll throw out the fact of lifeline. And of course, LA Knight is the same cadence as Eli Drake was like, it was all there. Um, I don't know if he was saying, yeah, all the time in impact. I don't remember. So, yeah, it
1: was like, sorry, I'm back to Doink. He
0: <laughs> the character debuted in
1: 1993 and like turned after SummerSlam 93 when he ripped on Jerry Lawler during a King's Quirk segment. That's sad. Less than a year. That carried that had legs. That had that had legs. Disappointing. Anyway. It did. Back it did. to your back to your point about LA and yes. and his impact wrestling days. Happy birthday, 21 years young to Impact, yeah. by the way. It's old enough to drink. Outlasted WCW. It a did accompany WCW, that
0: could. But has an outlasted Ring of Honor. Technically. Yes. By a few months. So yeah. anyway. Yes. So I'm not even going to talk about the other thing I was going to talk about because we have a list to do and we are we do have 55 minutes in the program. This week's list. So PC Tunney loves the list and PC Tunney keeps sending me ideas for the list. And he sent me one that is is, is the antithesis of what we're going to do. But I feel like we have to do this before we could do the opposite of this. So this week's list. Now, when I texted it to you, the list was finishers. Right. Uh-huh. Finishing moves, finishers. I'm going to ask you right. a question. If, if, yep. if, if I wasn't so busy trying to make things work today between working the new cell phones, um, I feel like we need to narrow it down. Okay. Whether it's current finishers or whether it's old school finishers or something, I feel like we need to narrow it down. So here's
1: a, I don't, I don't know what you did because here, here's the thing. Okay. Um, I have, I have a mix. Okay. Uh, older. I don't,
0: i say I have a mix. Let's see. Well, one, uh, let me two, ask you this question. Did you three, just do the so move I, or did you do the person in the move? Cause we did not specify person. When we were texting person in the move. I did too. For me, be, because. Uh, well,
1: I, will get to it. Cause it's going to make my list no matter what, if we do it. But I, there are certain moves that like, I'll use one. That's not on my list. The power bomb. Okay. Multiple wrestlers have the used way. a powerbomb as a finisher, whether it be Kevin Nash and the jackknife powerbomb, or Sid did a powerbomb for a while. Like, there, and, and so, like, there's, there's all kinds of powerbombs that, that Which could would be make considered.
0: the list. If we did old school finishers, I would say that you could right. go with, I would probably go with Sid's, but you could go with Nash's. Um, right. You know, the Batista with the sit down powerbomb. Right. Like, the that bomb, could be yeah. considered um
1: so if you if you change this to to be based on an era i need a minute to change my list because i definitely mixed eras and basically like went to one two i have six of them listed here three of them are active wrestlers three of them are not active wrestlers um and it honestly was like the first six right. moves and wrestlers that – like finishers and wrestlers that I thought of. Like these were yeah, the ones that sense. clearly I was like boom, 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 boom. These were co- iconic to me and therefore they made the list.
0: So we're not – I'm not going to go back could, and forth. Let's go old school. We'll go old school finishers and – because oh, well, you did, did person and move, which okay. is perfect because that's what I did. I have perfect, perfect person and move as well. So – Um, and old school, we're not going to set a date, right? But if it's old school, you know, it's old school. If something is not, if it comes up and we're like, wait, that's not old school. We'll deal with it. But I think we'll be fine.
1: Now, now do you consider a submission hold that leads to a tap out a finisher?
0: Does it finish the match? Usually. Then I would say yes. No, not usually. Always. Yeah. Yeah. It's a finisher. I understand why you would ask that question and, and wrestling is still, it used to be like ninety to ninety-five percent one-two-three. Now it's probably like seventy-five to eighty percent one-two-three. But wrestling is still a one-two-three business by and large, um, right? Yeah, like I feel like even though WrestleMania main events have ended in, in a tap out, like I just feel like there's something about that one-two-three that that doesn't. But I would say that submission counts. Yes. Okay. Because I have cool. it on my list.
1: um right well you have you you have a different one than i do i'm almost positive
0: i know which one Um, you have and i i i assume i know which one you have and if my assumption is correct i do not have that
1: um it's your list so i go first right
0: that is correct you would go first and we'll take turns patrick dow will start then i will go second we will go down the list until we have our six Then we'll take our commercial, maybe talk about some honorable mentions, even though we did a curveball. Then we'll put this list in order. So, yes, Patrick O'Dowd, you get to go first to determine which old school finisher we can tell. You just made the list! What you got?
1: So, my first choice, the one that instantly popped into my head, the moment you you sent me the text, is a finisher so devastating that it was almost never hit on television. Okay. Just the threat of the boo Right. And doing a little twirl of the finger. That was on TV a was lot. Was enough. Day. Then where he hit it yeah. to finish a match? Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, he wrestled I against on somebody TV
0: important? Huh? I'm not about not about against that. somebody important. But in that era, you didn't see a right. lot of matches that were important I'm until.
1: But the threat of the DDT from Jake Roberts was enough to send anyone running. Let alone the snake after it was all done.
0: Absolutely. 100%. But like,
1: he never had to hit that finisher um, for it to be impactful. So the DDT,
0: Jake iconic Robert. promo, mean Gene a- a- Oakland asking him what DDT stood for, and Jake Roberts simply saying the end. So, yeah, absolutely. If you didn't make it your first choice, it would have been my first choice. 100%. So as a kid, I, it's, it's so weird because like, I feel like as I've gotten older, I have grown this much greater infinity for the Koloffs. Like I just have, like, I feel like I wish I could go back. I'm noticing this. this is like the a Kolof fourth, fan. It's like this, the fourth show in a
1: row where you're bringing up fucking Ivan Kolov. Gotta have a Koloff on every show. Around.
0: I'm not bringing up Ivan Koloff this time though. Cause while Ivan Koloff had an amazing Russian sickle, the chaotic way it was delivered by Nikita Koloff. Like he would lose control of his body when his arm connected with the other man's chest neck, I should say to keep Kayfay. But when he hit the Russian sickle, like that was just, and again, it's a clothesline, but the way he did it, it to me, like I have to go with Nikita's version of the Russian sickle is my first option that I add to the list.
1: Right. Nice. I just realized I
0: don't know how to spell sickle. S-I-C-K-L-E. So, Patrick O'Dowd, you now get to put on the third thing, your second, on this list of old school finishers.
1: Okay. um, I'm going to stay... I'm gonna go with... The, to go to the man from Sarasota, Florida. Uh, the Macho Man Randy Savage elbow drop, like, yeah, you get top rope, both arms extended in the air, and nobody. It's been often imitated. It, it it's amazing to me when you watch him do that over and over and over again. Just how perfect he positions his body the way he it's it's so photogenic for the camera it like it's done so well for and the it was camera. done in the
0: flashbulb era too which may have helped. that
1: right and so you'd see that po- and like literally somebody painted him elbow dropping jesus right um in or elbow dropping yeah like from heaven like that's how beautiful and iconic the macho man right and here's the reason why no one was, has been able so. to
0: duplicate it and and it's a very good reason why no one has been able to duplicate it. And Bruce Pritchett has talked about this. Wrestling is all about protecting your opponent. He elbowed the shit out of everybody he hit with that. Oh, yeah. Like, it was literally elbow to the chest. Whereas normally, if you like freeze frame and, el- and don't ever freeze frame wrestling, my God, it's just... It will ruin it for you completely. Uh, especially right. the old Ring of Honor shows. They were basically dancing. And... If you freeze frame an elbow drop now, you'll notice that the elbow doesn't connect with anything. And it's really like the forearm and the hand that hit the mat. The Savage's elbow hit you in the chest. Like, that's just what, what it did. Savage used the elbow to once wake up Hulk Hogan. But that, yeah, that's why <laughs> no one has been able to duplicate it. Because he legit just dropped a fucking elbow on you. Like, that's what he did. Um right. So I'm gonna go I with. I sure that
1: I hated the I hated the Shawn Michaels elbow. He would like hit the like when you do the little art. Like, yeah, I hated
0: that. I like that aspect Funky of it, Shawn but yeah, it just and he was probably the closest to be honest with you. Yeah, to this. He's, all, he's also closest in era. So. And and I and people do it now, and I'm just like, why? Like on the Indies, people will do it, whatever. Just just don't bother. Like that, you just should never, ever, ever, ever do that. So I am gonna go back to the National Wrestling Alliance. And this is a personal favorite of mine. I should probably make it my last choice on the list, but I'm not. Um, did a Koloff do it? No, no, a Koloff did not do it. <laughs> this person was Canadian, actually. I don't know if they were billed as being Canadian, but they were Canadian. Um, as a kid, this is one that, like, like, the Koloffs aged well for me. Ron Garvin has not aged as well for me. And he was called the hands of stone and he would win matches with a one with a knockout punch. That's not the move I'm putting on this list, because for a while there, especially when he turned heel, he started using the Garvin stomp. And I love Mm -hmm. the Garvin stomp. He would start at one ankle and just stomp the person's entire body. And by time he was done, he would just pin them. One, two, three. Randy Orton took this on for a while as like a, a, a one of his, you know. Signature moves, but not his finisher. Um, Andre Chase in NXT does it now, where he, he spells out Chase U while he's doing it, which I think is really cool. But to me, the Garvin Stomp was one that always stood out to me. So I am putting my second submission for the list. Ron Garvin, not Rugged Ronnie Garvin, that's WWF. Ron Garvin's Garvin Stomp. Nice.
1: Apple does not apparently like the name Garvin. No. It keeps trying to get me to spell Garcon.
0: <laughs> Didn't know that you've, you've named obscure wide receivers so much that your phone now autocorrects to them.
1: Well, before Pierre, there it was also what you would say to the Mater D in a French restaurant. Okay. All right. So, I'm also going to go into the NWA for my last choice because okay. that's where I saw it. Um, and at the time that you saw this in the 80s, nobody was doing anything like this as well as this guy was doing this move. Um, and it's a move that requires a lot of precision from both the person performing it and the one receiving it. And that is Tully Blanchard's slingshot suplex. That looked so freaking cool when he did it and well well he, Art Anderson talks about it a lot uh or at least talked about it a lot on his podcast about how strong and skilled you have to be to do the move in the first place and how good and how willing the opponent has to be to take it um because of just the work involved to, to hit it precisely without hurting the one taking the move uh, and so that, that's only totally Blanchard could do that, that consistently and make it look that good over and over and over again. That's, that's going to be my last Cause, Cause
0: as a, as an opponent, you essentially have to plank in modern day terms right. so that your thighs can hit the rope. And if you buckle, then you're screwed because he can't get you back over. It's like deadlifting you off the ropes. So you've got to straighten out and, and really completely lock out your core and and make that move work like it's very dependent upon the opponent, which which I get. But, yes, very impressive visual, even to this day. One that really no one else ever took on. So many finishers have been no. taken and moved. The slingshot suplex has not. whatsoever. Right. So my last one, I'm debating between two and and I'm going to stick with the NWA again and I'm going to put the first tag team finisher on the list. Um I
1: thought about this one. I'm pretty sure I know what you're gonna do. Actually,
0: no. Now that I think about it, there's a tag team finisher that I liked oh. better. So I am gonna go back to the WWF. Because as much as I love the decapitation device, I love the heart attack clothesline even more. As a kid, <laughs> loving the heart foundation with the way Night Hart would hold it, the way Brett Hart would hit that sit-out clothesline that no one ever uses, that Hart would still use as a singles competitor. He would still hit that right. style of clothesline. Um, probably worse for his body. It's like Hogan hitting the leg drop. He landed on his ass every single time. So did Brett Hart hitting the heart attack clothesline, the heart attack clothesline for me. It was just so smooth. And a lot of it had to do with Brett Hart. And, and the, I loved the heart. I didn't even know it was called the heart attack clothesline cause they never named it on air, but I was a huge fan of the heart attack clothesline. So I will go with the heart foundation heart attack clothesline.
1: Very nice.
0: Which then fills up our list. Any, I don't want to do a ton of honorable mentions because we're already in an hour and 11 minutes. I talked about the, de, you know, the, the, um, you know, the, the decapitation device for the Road Warriors. Um, I did originally have Ron Garvin's knockout punch on there, so I said Ron Garvin on the list twice. Magnum TA's belly to belly suplex. Was on my list as well as Ricky the Dragon, Steamboats, Flying High, Cross Body Block.
1: Nice. Uh, My my loan submission, or no, not my loan submission. Well, I actually had two submission holds. Did you have Rick Martel's Boston Crab? Yes, I did. Okay,
0: that's what I thought you were talking. Of
1: course, I, of course, I had Rick Martel's Boston Crab. I loved it because he actually, you talk about Savage actually landing the elbow. Rick Martel sat that shit down. Absolutely. When he
0: he put it in. It's like when Roderick Strong puts in the stronghold and puts the knee in the back. Like, that shit hurts.
1: Right. When when Jericho would do the walls of Jericho, I remember the first time he did it. I was like, that's not a Boston Crab. No. Like, come on, dude. Um, The Iron Claw by Fritz von Yes.
0: That's a great Um, one.
1: Synonymous with a family. Um,
0: That's literally the name of their movie that's coming up
1: um and then last but not least uh many have done this i his was always was always the one that i knew about the most ox baker's heart punch multiple people did the heart punch of yep. the day ox baker was was one of the originators and the one that I, I always associated with the heart punch
0: i would love to see somebody use the heart punch even like on the indies i would love to see somebody use it it's kind of like the Simone spike that solo Sokoa is currently yep. using like that would be amazing and i'd be very happy to see that so we're gonna to go to commercial we're gonna come back put this list in order and then tie this show up in a bow Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. this is your boy kenny killer telling you to make sure you check out Cheshire.com, bringing you breaking news interviews podcasts galore Everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out. TheChairShot.com
1: Dean fucking Ambrose.
0: Acknowledge me. Shut your dumb mouth. You just made the list. All right. It's time to finish making the list. We have our six items on the list. Now we're going to put them in order. It was my list. My suggestion was old school finishers. So I will go first. Patrick O'Dowd will go second. We will continue to take turns. I am going to steal from you, Patrick O'Dowd, with my first selection on the list. Um, it was one that uh, probably will surprise you that I'm putting it first, but I am. Because it is not Jake the Snake Roberts DDT. I am stealing the Macho Man Randy Savage's flying elbow drop and making it number one on the list.
1: I'm okay with that steal. Um, it does mean that Jake Roberts will be number two.
0: Absolutely. And and probably has to be. So Jake, the snake Roberts being number two, I am then going to go with, um, I'm not putting the Garvin stop at number three. So I'm putting one of two clotheslines at number three on the list. And I am actually going to go with the heart foundations, heart attack clothesline as number three on the list.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Um, I am going to for God, we're already to damn, we're almost done with this bad boy, right? Uh, um, way there, I'm, I'm going go with uh, we'll go with Nikita Koloff's Russian Sickle.
0: All right, the Russian Sickle comes off the list at number four. Then, as much as I love the Garvin Stomp, I cannot put it on the list over the beautiful thing that is the slingshot suplex. So, I will put. Tully Blanchard and the Slingshot Suplex at number five leaving you with what?
1: The Garvin Stomp by not Rugged Roddy Garvin.
0: And the Garvin Stomp is number six. So congratulations to you all. Randy Macho Man Savage's Flying Elbow Drop, Jake the Snake Roberts DDT, The Heart Foundation's Heart Attack Clothesline, Nikita Koloff's Russian Sickle, Tully Blanchard slingshot suplex and Ron Garvin's Garvin stomp. You just made the list. Well done, another good list. And see, we did old school, so now we still have current. We still have. We didn't even get to the Attitude Era because is that old school? Is it not old school? Who knows? So right. I
1: mean, we we took it. We, I, I feel like when we talk old school, just for clarification, I, th- I think the sort of the 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 line is like. 91 92-ish
0: I kind of agree
1: 93 yeah. like like right before Austin has moved away from stunning Steve and
0: and is you know well, that doesn't even happen to like basically 495 96 time frame so
1: but ba- basically but yeah. yeah well there is that there's a dead era of, yes. of wrestling like dude I w- I re-watched the uh the Mabel King of the rain oh God I'm sorry wolf
0: yeah right wolf Oh my God! When Savio Vega is the best thing about a show, like that's
1: right. Yeah. Um, and he had a great—I can't remember who it was that he—he he works against because that was one where Shawn Michaels gets eliminated via countout. Yeah. Well, when Savio uh,
0: Vega had to qualify, no, it's a time
1: limit. Time had to limit.
0: work a qualifying yeah. match on the kickoff show back then, or the free for all, whatever right. they called it. So.
1: Um, and then and they, they it's funny because people complain about this. the WWE kind of tells the same tournament story every time, a lot yeah. or at least they used to, where heel somehow manages to find his way to the finals without having to work nearly as hard as the baby face or the person they're trying to get over. Like they've been doing this since WrestleMania four. Savage worked every single match on his side of the bracket, right? And Ted Dibiase waltzed in with like nothing and they did that here bam um not bam bam bigelow mabel gets through to the end without having to face the winner of Shawn michaels and
0: Was it the undertaker
1: got but what no was it the undertaker
0: the Under he was no. in the king of the ring i know that he was
1: he was in that one but i can't remember how he didn't because i was kind of happy i think i took a nap in the middle of this thing it was bad <laughs> uh, and so I remember the Undertaker had a match, but was it was it against Bam Bam?
0: No, no Mabel people, actually beat the Undertaker.
1: That's what it was.
0: Yes. Yes. And I think somebody anyway. attacked the Undertaker. or Did something. There, there was a reason why Mabel Mabel beat the Undertaker. He definitely had right.
1: Help. There was. Yeah, was
0: it?
1: Is Owen Hart won the second one? This is ninety five.
0: Yeah. So this is the third.
1: So this is. Yeah, this is right. Right when that stuff was going on, uh, I the best part about that whole thing was during his coronation, Mabel gets plowed in the face with something that gets thrown out of the crowd, just like right in the face, like people. Were pissed. Kama, it Kama is Kama Mustafa who yep. wrestled uh, had, had, had a draw
0: with Shawn Michaels,
1: right? Which was a pretty good Mabel match. Like was, yeah,
0: probably. Gave Mabel the buy. Mabel pinned the Undertaker, right. but I think there was interference. I don't know, but yeah. And right. Savio Vega, you know, beat Yokozuna, and then had to beat the Roadie before he was even the Road Dog. Um, right. He
1: and he qualified by,
0: by, kind of. by beating Erwin R. Scheister on the pre-show. So Savio Vega actually wrestled four matches on right on this event. It
1: was a, it was a bad day for Ted
0: dibiasi's stable. That's that's what I. Yes, remember. it was. Yes, it was. So. How do we even get on this? To, oh, so I would say, you know, we, we always talk about the WrestleMania era is like the era that we cover, right? So pretty much from WrestleMania one forward is everything we talk about. And and you you kind of talked about the 90s, whatever. I would say old school ends in 91 with the debut of Monday Night Raw. Like, That's fair. The debut of WrestleMania mm-hmm. is kind of what we cover. That forward, I think, old school ends with the kickoff of Monday Night Raw, and then we get into that Monday Night Raw era through the Attitude era, and then I don't know, maybe John Cena starts like ruthless aggression. Yeah, who knows? I have no idea, but we'll have to sit down one day and and figure out the actual calendar for our eras. But because you know we've been doing this for twelve years, so we might as well figure out our eras at some point. So.
1: Well, hey, but we've worked, it, we've done this together so long. Hey, I just added another follow while we were doing this show. Ooh, who is it? Um, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce this name to where it doesn't. It, it um, is it, it really uh, a Ania a Cram? Almost like a Cram. Like okay. what?
0: Got an exam coming. She up.
1: has. Yep, yeah, she's got 17 followers.
0: That's a lot.
1: And she's following 934 people. Jeez. Look yep. at you go. Oh, Look at you go. Gia, Gia Mishno, also. Oh, Todd. Who, with a very very Italian name, has a very Asian face. <laughs>
0: that so, happens. Weird. That happens oh. sometimes.
1: Anyway, okay. sorry. That's neither here nor there.
0: That's okay. You're, you're totally fine. Totally good, all that. Because we have now come to the end of the program. We appreciate everybody listening. We've gone an hour and 21 minutes, which is just insane for what we talked about. But we spent a half hour talking about The Flash. So, congratulations that you oh, listened to a wrestling show to hear us talk about The Flash. Follow Patrick O'Dowd so you can be one of the real followers who has a real name at Wrestling Realist. It's W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. There's no I in wrestling, but there is one in Realist and there is one in Patrick and there is one in friend for my best friend Patrick O'Dowd go follow him on Twitter I'm at demarco 44 the website is thechairshot.com you can follow at chairshot media go to prosingtees.com forward slash the chair shot pick up a shirt listen to the podcast read the website go enjoy wrestling because that's what it's meant to be done so for myself Greg DeMarco for Patrick O'Dowd we appreciate you listening and we will talk to you right here well not right here next week because Patrick O'Dowd won't be on the show but We will talk to you next next two weeks. I know. Vacation time on the Greg DeMarco Show.